out of completion all the way into the end zone. Easy touchdown, St. Louis. DeMornay Pearsonell with the home folks. Here's Tomu on the keeper. Option play, and it's bobbled. Ford! Touchdown! Wow, what a recovery by Keith Ford. The St. Louis Battlehawks go to 3-1, and one, dropping Seattle to 1-3. and three. What's going on, football fans? This is the XFL Show, and this is a recap of the St. Louis Battlehawks 23-16 victory over the Seattle Dragons. This is Bryant. And this is the mobile quarterback you've been waiting for, Seattle. I'm out. Mm, mobile? I think you're mistaken like mobile driving. That, like you, You're very mobile throughout the season. You've been all over the place. But I don't think you have the mobility of B.J. Daniels because that came out of nowhere. That was a lot of fun to watch. Scoot, scoot, Alan, scoot. Probably the BJ, story. B.J. Daniels, scoot, scoot, <laughs> man, all over the field. What a fun football player. And he was super effective. And I know I probably echo a lot of Dragons fans right now. Where's this guy been the first four weeks of the, of the season, Jim Zorn? Three, Gosh, three and a half almighty. weeks. <laughs> Alan, it was the story for the Seattle Dragons, and we'll get into that a little bit. But uh, we got to talk about that. Uh, St. Louis Battlehawks quarterback Jordan Tomu again looking pretty good rushing and passing the ball uh, one touchdown but really a, com- a combination of, of over 350 yards himself Jordan Tomu uh, another another great game um, you might even call this one a breakout this was uh, just an excellent performance putting the team really the offense on his back ac- accounting for so much uh, of the of the yardage and the big plays uh, becoming a problem for the Seattle Dragons defense so much so that they're thinking about him doing one thing with that RPO action and he's doing another and like I've been saying he's capable of not only you know dinking and dunking not only screen passes but also holding on to the ball running for a big chunk and also throwing downfield he did it all today man he looked great and you know I mean, it's a long season. He's going to be there, I think, consistently through this whole year as a contender for MVP. Right now behind P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips, but he's in the hunt. Uh, yeah, he really is. He's he's doing what he can to make this team a success. And last week we talked about his stats and how they weren't there. Well, this week they were 20 for 27, 264 yards and a touchdown. Then I mentioned on the ground, 63 yards on the ground, he had a 14-yard dash at some point as well during this game. Uh, he he came, he showed what he could do. I mentioned that you know if I was Seattle, I'd make him beat you, and He's, he did. He beat he this did. team. And I, I don't want to make him. Be, I want to take him out any way you can. You got to. Well, if you take now, him out, fourth, he's he's the fifth or fourth bet highest rusher. Most rushing yards of any. Oh, player he's probably in up in the. Yeah, him. he might be two now, based Ridiculous. on what he did, what he did today. Because I think his his um, his counterpart uh, Jones was the leading rusher on that team, but he he only got twenty yards this this day. Matt Jones was uh, on the injured list beforehand, so probably uh, a little bugaboo there somewhere. But still, uh, a great performance by the St. Louis BattleHawks. Before we get into that too much more, Alan, we we alluded to it. Uh, again, the story of two halves for the Seattle Dragons. This time, the first half was where uh, they weren't really just kind of crisp. They were just doing their thing. They got a field goal. Uh, that was it. Really didn't move the ball too well in that first half. But then in came B.J. Daniels, like we mentioned, the story for the Seattle Dragons. A quarterback just sitting, waiting for his opportunity, and boy, did he take advantage of it. Yeah, the Seattle Dragons, again, 
showing that they're not capable of playing an entire game. And I think, again, solidifying their status, Brian, is I think the team, I think they're going to be the first or second team right out of the playoffs at the end of this season. Um, They're they're talented. They have good players on defense. Steven Johnson is awesome. And then B.J. Daniels now coming in at quarterback with a great half. But maybe with him the rest of the season, it will be a different story. We're only four weeks in. Only one win for this squad. But that guy went out there and showed today he's the guy that they need to be having at quarterback the rest of the year. He's too good. He's too fast. He's too athletic. And he was accurate with the football. And he was pissing off St. Louis Battlehawks defensive players. (laughs) They were trying to get digs at him. I mean, when you have a player getting in defensive players' heads like that, it means he needs to be out there, Jim Zorn. So, Brandon Silvers, he gave it a good go. Just not accurate enough. It's time for B.J. Daniels to get his shot uh, the rest of the way, I think. At least next week, see where it goes. Obviously, we have a lot of football left. We're hitting the halfway point next week, Brian. But I loved what, as a football fan, just watching that guy out there today, every plays hold your breath excitement because he could tuck and run. He can avoid the sack and try to get it downfield. If he figures out a way to get the ball down the field, deep balls, he could be one of, if not the most dangerous player in the league because he is that fast in the backfield. He is, and I think some speed that we didn't know well, we knew existed, but not to that extent, the mobility, the created creativity that can go uh, with B.J. Daniels at quarterback. I think you'll see him at least next week and probably for the foreseeable future unless, you know, barring any injuries or anything like that. As a, as a whole, though, you know, Seattle only 253 yards. Uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks almost break 400 with 392. Uh, third downs, though, this is where they always get you. It seems like the losing team's always under that 30-ish percent mark. Well, that's where exactly where Seattle was at, three for 10 today that's just not going to get it done although eight for 17 for st louis uh, that's you know they're doing pretty good i mean there's hard for me to find any bad things going down the list here uh for st louis uh even their kicker is oh, looking pretty on. impressive he, he almost seems like an automatic three yeah th- this team going into the battle dome looking like that in the second half brian come on that was impressive i i really came out of this game liking what i saw out of the seattle dragons and i have I, like the tampa bay vipers last week i just hope they keep the fight because this is a team that definitely could compete with anybody in the XFL. Another close but no cigar game, but I thought they looked great. But we need to credit the team that won this game. The St. Louis Battlehawks came out, and they look like, again, one of the best defensive teams in this league. And now their quarterback's breaking out. He's becoming a star in this league. And you add that crowd. This is the first-place team in the East for a reason, top to bottom. Uh, They're showing that also they could play with a little grit. Maybe a little bit too much grit at times, but still I think they play pretty clean, crisp football in that regard, and uh, they are tops of the East. This is a team that's going to be tough for, uh, you know, their D.C. is, if they don't get their stuff right tomorrow, there could be a big gap in this East pretty soon, Bryant. Next week, uh, D.C. Uh, hosts the Battle Hawks. Uh, that's going to be a fun game to watch. All right, before we close this out, Alan, I just want to say a couple things here. What did you think about the play calling and the decision-making by Jim Zorn? He looks confused out there, if I'm 100% honest. Uh, they came up to him and asked him about that play where he went for three. Why did he go for three? Could have gone for one, make it only a field goal's distance between the two teams. He seems – I know he's not. he wasn't supposed to be the play, the play caller. He is the play caller right now. Uh, he just seems out of not out of his element, but just confused and doesn't know exactly what to do uh, to help lead this team I, to victory. Is this just is? Do you think he's actually confused, or is this just his demeanor that he seems kind of like a confused 
older, adorable old man. Is that is that what he? Is? No, or, I don't or think that's he, what we're going or with. Or is he actually in a confused, uh, confused? I, head I think coach. a lot of the coaches are confused. Some of these rules and when to go for, when not to go for. We've talked about it countless times Dude, during the season. You it's, gotta just do it's, what it's, Winston it's, Moss it's did today. Just have your plan beforehand and just be like we're doing this. <laughs> we're we're, we're doing, doing this. this. Gotta you have to be assertive, especially in this young league. I mean, you see it out of Jonathan Hayes. He comes with a crazy. A battle plan on offense. I mean, really innovative and and multiple stuff. But he has a plan, an actual plan. And watching Chuck Long call games is really one of the most fascinating things to me, especially since he wasn't supposed to be calling this offense. But they come in very, uh, av- they are very confident in their play calling and their decision making, and that really is separating them. So maybe you're right, Jim Zorm isn't confident enough in, him, in in himself, or maybe he's not prepared enough. I don't know what. But you're right. You see that on the screen, and you saw that difference. That's the cool thing about the XFL. We get to see that difference between the coaching staffs. Who's ready and who's not. It definitely looked like that sideline and upstairs for the Battlehawks was more prepared than Seattle was. And who could blame Seattle? They were going into the Battle Dome. They did have some elements to deal with. They had some headset issues at one point. But still, the Battlehawks came ready to play, man. Their fans came ready. They pulled out the victory. They're number one in the East. Seattle, though, they've got the dudes. They need to get it right. B.J. Daniels, the way to go the rest of the way, absolutely. This season's not over for either one, uh, excuse me, for the Seattle Dragons, and I meant either teams by the L.A. Wildcats, because tomorrow, uh, if Dallas loses, uh, they're still just one game back at sitting at 1-3 and three going into Week 5. Looking ahead real quick, Alan, it doesn't get any easier for the Seattle Dragons. They're going to play that that morning Saturday game in Houston. Ooh, not a great place to go. Uh, when you're trying to get, when you're trying to right this ship, uh, we talked about that with um, New York as well last week when they went into um, the Battle Dome. So Seattle is going to have some struggles going into Houston, I'm sure. Hopefully, they can get some things right there. Yeah, but you know, Houston hasn't played a quarterback like BJ Daniels yet, and you got a whole week to prepare for that, and you know he's the guy. Um, I'm not going to count Seattle out of that game, especially in terms of just making it competitive. They've really hung in there with most of the teams they've played and I I just that second half was really fun to watch as a football fan seeing that guy out there making plays avoiding the pressure and and really just trying to fight back in that in that crazy atmosphere um I I, I'm I'm not gonna probably end up picking Seattle to win that game Brian but we'll have to see what Houston does tomorrow (laughs) but I do think that they could play with any team in this league and I think really the two games we watched today uh, showed that parity is well and alive in the league, as the as the commissioner said they intended. Um, New York winning that game obviously proves that, and then seeing a Seattle team go in there and really compete very well, especially in the second half after some adversity, proved as much as well to me. Two close games, two games coming to the very end. Alan, we real quick, Battle Hawks are going to D.C. Should be a good one. Uh, if D.C. plays like last week, uh, that maybe not so much, but at least a battle for first place uh, could be on the line uh, next week in DC. Yeah, the 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 showdown between these two teams, I liken it to what we're going to see tomorrow with the the Texas throwdown. This is the game in the East right now, midway point through the season. These are the two best teams. New York is lurking, but we've seen them look really bad. We have seen look DC though also look really bad and we're gonna have to see them uh, bounce back against Tampa tomorrow right now I'd say St. Louis is the class of the east and you know barring what we see out of DC tomorrow 
Uh, they definitely look like a team that also is just scratching the surface and is going to get even better. So, um, yeah, Kaka is the law right now in the East. Of course, we have our recap for D.C. tomorrow. My opinion might change, but looking ahead to that game, I'm thinking I'm going to be cacawing all day long next week too, Bryant. <laughs> well, you've been cacawing since we got back from St. Louis, so that's been a lot of fun. Might be cacawing uh, all uh, season Alan... long. This team is damn good. <laughs> They're pretty good. Uh, well, if we keep cacawing all season long, make sure you turn into us every single Tuesday morning, Thursday night on your favorite podcast app xfl.com or youtube.com slash xfl you can actually see our faces there now uh, alan that's it for saturday we'll be back tomorrow two more uh in the uh two more recaps uh, texas to cover. throwdown we have that uh, texas throwdown and the dc defenders in tampa well that's it for us here for the first day of week four in the xfl for alan i'm bryant this is the xfl show remember they're listening